Welcome to the Essentially You podcast, where we explore the science of happiness and well-being to help coaches and coaching leaders bring out the best in themselves and those they serve. If you're looking for new approaches to serve your clients or looking to create a culture of positivity and well-being in your organization, join me, Mark Mathia, on a journey of discovery and inspiration. Heal yourself, but don't rush. Help people, but have boundaries. Love others, but don't let them harm you. Love yourself, but don't become egotistical. Stay informed, but don't overwhelm yourself. And embrace change, but keep pursuing your goals. Jung Pueblo, the poet and deep thinker, offered us those inspired words. As coaches and coaching leaders, we undoubtedly have a place in our heart for well-being. How we show up at work matters. Our mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional vibrancy really matters. However, because well-being and self-help have been linked in a weird way, several negative presuppositions have started to cloud our thinking, and I think that's tragic. Because let's face it, when leaders are happy and healthy, it positively impacts our staff and the organizations we serve. It actually improves the financial outcomes. You see, often our success in the coaching relationship requires us to have full faculty over our vibrancy, which just means this. It means we have to be fully present in the moment in order to be able to add value to the person we're serving. Well-being is an all-encompassing state of being. It can't just be your physical self or your emotional self. It's all of it. Coaching leaders who prioritize well-being personally and then help the teams set up a positive environment where their colleagues can also prioritize their own. And studies have shown that job satisfaction and mental well-being positively impact job performance. And a report by Medibank in Australia in 2019 highlighted that poor mental health resulted in 12 million lost workdays every year. That cost Australian businesses $6.1 billion in lost earnings. Think about that in a much larger country like the United States. This suggests that there's a strong connection between the well-being of leaders and productivity and financial outcomes. Hence the reason we're having this conversation. <laughs> okay, leaders who prioritize well-being set a strong example for everyone around them. You create a happier working environment. You foster increased cre uh, creativity and productivity. Additionally, incorporating well-being into the regular part of your work further aids in productivity and innovation. And the example for that would be the now famous Google attempt at employee well-being. Their efforts included on-site massage, yoga, mindfulness classes. It led to a 70% reduction in turnover compared to the industry averages. And that was in 2021. Now, I want to get to three uncommon truths about goal setting and why people give up too early on well-being because most goal setting is tied to well-being this time of the year. And by the way, we just we just passed the national quit day in the United States. And so I thought it would be appropriate. Okay, three uncommon truths about goal setting. The first uncommon truth is simply this. We must go down to go up. And let me give you a recent example because I've had a football injury on my shoulder for a lot of years. 
and I finally went and talked to the doctor about it. And I was able to get um, a, a cortisone shot, and it felt a lot better. But I recognized that wasn't getting to the root cause. The root cause is I probably needed some physical therapy. So I began it. I started physical therapy, and my shoulder really hurt bad. It, as a matter of fact, it got worse. And as I went through and started my therapy, what I noticed was that every day it was getting better. And I, and I thought to myself, boy, I was feeling better with just, you know, getting the medicine for it. And now I've deconstructed it a little bit. But I realized that in order for that shoulder to heal on its own and for me to solve the root problem, I had to break it down in order to build it up. And that's exactly what we need to remember here. It's through experiences like that that we learn to grow and become better. Even when we fail, we can reflect on what went wrong, identify areas of improvement, and design a plan to get better. But every time we start a new goal, we're jumping from one state of being to a higher state of being. And we always go down to go up. And that is where we learn how to be resilient, how to have grit, how to, how to deal with failures, Look, let's face it, going down in order to get up is a natural part of the journey towards greatness. And so if we could just remember that and have a place for that, it'll take the sting out of it. The second one is this, okay? Uncommon truth of goal setting. Okay, number two, we eventually hike through a valley of doubt. Okay, let me explain. If you go up and you start out down, that down goes, it valleys out and you continue then to go up the, the next the next mountain, so to speak. Now, that I call the valley of doubt. And when you hit the valley of doubt, there's a couple of things I want you to remember. One, you need to remember your values because that is what's going to support you. You know, remember your values and keep pursuing your goals because it's values plus commitment that are going to help you get through the valley of doubt. And if you're in a valley of doubt, you need to understand that's not your home. You, you were never meant to live there. Positive psychology suggests that going through things like the valley of doubt, dark night of the soul, whatever, can actually be good for us. It's because it provides us an opportunity to grow, to self-discover. We can develop new skills of resiliency, persistence, and deeper understanding of ourselves and of our values if we really value what we mean. And when we face and overcome challenges, all of that gets strengthened. These skills and insight are invaluable in both personal and professional contexts as they can help us navigate difficult situations and make meaningful progress towards our goals. It also helps us survive when we reach the next summit. And point three is this, reaching the summit and sustaining excellence once you're there is only half the battle. Once you're there, you need to remember to breathe and keep pursuing our goals. Okay. For an example, now I try to read every book I can written about climbers, especially if they're climbing Mount Everest. So I can only imagine that as they make their way up Mount Everest, they're greeted with an awe-inspiring view of the Himalayan mountains. But did you know that for every hundred climbers who attempt to climb this mountain, one to two tragically die? I, I can't even think about how thin and crisp the air must feel at that, feel at that altitude you know, making breathing difficult. And with the really cold temps and winds and snow flurries whipping around, and despite all those harsh conditions, the climber maintains a sense of exhilaration because of the beauty and accomplishment because they push beyond their abilities to make the summit. 
And just like we pursue our goals, the climber feel the strain and fatigue of their muscles working hard to push themselves up this dangerously steep incline. See, the ground beneath their feet is unsteady. Remind you of anything? With They have loose rocks, boulders, ice, whatever, causing them to consider every step. Then, there's the internal battle that we all face, right? Uh, one would have to cope with fear and anxiety, danger of ever getting off the mountain or falling and getting lost. All that looms over them, and yet they climb higher. Now, with supplies in hands, they begin to taste the dryness in their mouth as the cold air and high altitude start to cause dehydration. At that level, oxygen is the life force that fuels climbers on Mount Everest. And it's at that altitude, I think it's over 29,000 feet, that the air is so thin it becomes a real challenge. Your body actually begins to consume itself. And however, with the help of supplemental oxygen, I learned, climbers can push their limits and make their way towards the summit a lot easier. Oxygen, as a matter of fact, helps climbers breathe easier and gives them the energy to power through the grueling and physically demanding climb. So, as climbers make their way up to the world's highest peak, they can take comfort in knowing that every breath of oxygen helps them take a step closer to achieving their goals and so can we. When we are on a summit of ours, we need to remember to breathe. But what does that mean? Okay, let me give you a couple things of what I think it means to fill our um, oxygen tank, you know, um, and, and what habits do we need? What habits do we need to focus on daily, weekly, monthly, and annually to really care for ourselves? Okay, let's start with daily. Okay, here's some examples, right? You could add your own. But daily, we need to minimize distraction. How often do you stay in a state of focus, giving yourself time to think and enough white space to really master your work? Have you got enough sleep? Many leaders pride themselves on the fact that they have two hours of sleep and can run, run, run and go, but that's just not healthy. We need as leaders to get enough sleep. And then the third is really important. It's just movement. Are you getting enough movement? And if you can get enough movement daily, then you're going to keep the, the system flowing and so that's kind of habits we could kind of incorporate daily, which is what I'll call our daily breath of oxygen um, to, to keep us going. Now, what about weekly? Well, I think weekly we need to focus on things like savoring achievements. What went really well? Do you recap the week by looking over what you did really well and what you achieved? You should. And then when you do that, you should share those wins somewhere. And sharing wins often helps reinforce that you had wins. And when you're in one of those seasons where you're going through a valley of doubt or something, you're going to need to remember that you've had wins. And then connecting with other people. That connection with others is vital to all of us. We, we need to connect with other humans and share those ideas. By the way, that's why I put sharing wins and then connecting with others together. So weekly, those would be some things to consider. Hey, monthly, I would say this. How about learning something new? Right? How about pushing yourself? Once a month, I'll learn something new. I believe that if you just do that, you're going to be well ahead of other people in your field. How about doing something preventative for your health? This means go to your eye appointment. Go to the dentist. This means go to the doctor and get your shoulder looked at. Whatever it is, just something preventative. And then the other thing that we could do monthly is just serve in some form or fashion, whether it's serve your family, serve your community, serve someone at work, whatever it is. Okay, and then annually. Annually is a fun thing, but, but what about annually if we had a habit of creating an adventure for ourselves? Some place, some time, some thing that gets us out of our comfort zone so we can experience the fullness of life, whatever that is for you.
How about this? We master a skill, not just get good at it, but we commit ourselves to mastering something. And the last one I would say is what if you invest in your mental fitness, either by hiring a counselor or a coach or, or uh, doing something else, joining a mastermind group? Look, while reaching the summit of Mount Everest is undoubtedly an impressive feat, it's important to remember that the journey doesn't end with the summit. Getting back down the mountain safely is just as crucial, if not more so, than making it to the top. See, the descent can be as challenging as the ascent, and it requires much skill and experience and determination. Um, in fact, many accidents and fatalities on the mountain happen due, you know, are due to the descent due, because you're tired, um, altitude sickness, other factors. So while it's an incredible achievement to make it to the top of the world's highest peak, or to reach your goals, it's equally important to prioritize safety, focus, and well-being as we get back down to base camp in one piece. Hopefully you get my metaphors there. Okay, my friends, we all need to consider showing up to our Everest as the best version of ourselves. Caring for ourselves is essential to live and lead a fulfilling life. And when we can remember to set achievable goals, stay consistent, and prioritize self-care, we can be our best self. And when that happens, there's no mountain we can't climb together. People, people often don't mention that coaching takes a lot of stamina and grit. And as we encounter the very best and worst in others we serve, it certainly does. But let's stay vigilant and healthy and take the next step because our work matters. And so do you. And now it's your turn to get out there and thrive in life. If you've liked what you've learned, would you consider subscribing to this podcast and leaving a review? I'd really appreciate it. And if you have anything you would like addressed, you can reach out to me, Mark Mathiah, at mark at markmathiah.com. And until next week, I'm cheering for you.